Listen, some days she leaves him alone. She used to leave him alone with me. I had to feed him and play with him. I did it both. I did both. I did both. So you wouldn't otherwise? I got my role. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Because I follow you on Instagram, you have a Black Girls Rock thing going. Can you tell Eric and uh, the rest of my six people in the audience what that's about? First of all, it's a Black Girls Social Club. Oh, excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry. But Black Girls do rock, and Black Girls are magic. They are. Uh, they are. They are. We are. Go ahead. We Your feminine are. self. I see you. Hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm not checking in like that, bruh. But I'm with y'all. I love my black women. Yes. So um, last year, the the founder of the Black Girl Social Club, which started in Atlanta, Georgia, um, Carmen Jones, reached out to me on Instagram um, to ask me to start a chapter, a local chapter in Boston. Mm -hmm. And I, I agreed. I love the principles about it. Um, the motto is when when one wins we all win and i'm all about tribe i think that's something that's missing from black culture right now especially in boston i feel like mm. boston women in particular boston black women in particular are very clicky mm -hmm. um and and boston is not very open to outsiders and you know i'm i'm a transplant so when yeah, me too. Yeah. So when I got the wow. the invitation, I was like, dang, how am I going to add this to my plate? But you know what? The culture always comes first. The culture will always win in my eyes. Um, mm -hmm. And anything that that uplifts and empowers black women, I'm all for it. So uh, I started the chapter with nobody. Uh, and right now we have about 50 members in our chapter big win um yeah the cap initially was 50 and we got to 50 really quick so this year they are allowing us to expand it to 75 so i can take a few more um and it's really you know the dues are 20 dollars a month per member and we we do a lot right now i was late to this because we're we were in the middle of our um grow and glow series um in which we we just talk about ways that we're gonna we're gonna kill this year, you know. Like mm -hmm. last year was was really hard, and with COVID, we like to go out, we like to socialize, but we can't really do that right now, um, just for safety. So we have a series of virtual events every week um, that are focused, and we do entrepreneurial workshops that I facilitate myself. I curate a bunch of of different activities. I have guest speakers come on. Um, I give out books. I'm really huge on literacy because that is the gateway to everything. Literacy, education, mm -hmm. I preach these things is the gateway to all things. If you can't read, what can you do? Um, ask Tiffany Haddish, she knows. Um, <laughs> but she does. She does. She, um, she tries. She tried. She, she tries. She's, she's here from having done a lot of reading. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, you know, I don't I don't know how much fans she lost her her rant on Clubhouse. I think it was this week, but we're we're gonna oh, just gloss oh, over geez. that. We're gonna gloss over that Look, her I, rant on the on the I'll COVID Google vaccine. It. So because I don't have an iPhone, I don't have Clubhouse yet, but I've been hearing that it's been popping off. Yeah, I, I've met a lot of good connects through Clubhouse. Actually a person that we had speak for our Glow and Grow event yesterday um was a contact from clubhouse um yeah ebony walker she is a a master resilience coach and if we need anything this year it's it's resilience because Mm. it's going to be another year i know people came into 2021 like oh it's a new year yeah but it's the same old ish right Mm -hmm. it really is same old ish new cough yep and i think black people are the most resilient people on earth um, had to be. Have to be. So I feel like we kind of lost our way, especially as Black women. Yeah, we are. I don't care what anybody says. We are the most disrespected group of people on this planet. We really are. Absolutely. Um, so just you know, keep your keep your chin up, keep your crown. Let me show y'all. I know people who are viewing can't see, but I actually really do have a crown. I'm dead ass. So yes. <laughs> dead ass. Oh, uh, and I, I have I have three more. So, you know, things like that. Like I bought it and show people, you know, in our tribe and our in our chapter for Black Girl Social Club. And, you know, simple things like that. It triggers something in your brain. It produces endorphins. It helps you. You know, so even if you're walking around in your house like that, I'll wear it to the grocery store. I really don't care. But yeah, so the goal with that is just to encourage a tribe mentality. Um to have a network across the globe because Black Girl Social Club is international. Mm. Um, And I've made a lot of good connections. Whenever it's free to travel, I can go ahead and travel um, and not worry about a place to stay, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I love it. I I really do. I think it's, it's a really good outlet for Black women. It's a really good tool to have in your back pocket if you need anything. Um, I've helped two of of my tribe members launch businesses. Hey. Um, so yeah, I, I encourage people, if you're listening from any city, there's a Black Girl Social Club in your city. Find it. Join it. And, <clears throat> no, go ahead. Hold on. Um, so we're talking about uh, the 50 member cap about how long did it take you guys to reach that when you started, you know, from the time you started. And, and, and I remember like just, you were saying how, um, you know, clicky that people in Boston can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of discovered that like every, everybody's kind of waiting on the invite, me being also an outsider coming in, just kind of seeing, cause you know, maybe the, a lot of times people are too close to everything to kind of see how it all is moving. But one of the first things I noticed was like, nobody says hi. Nobody, you know, I'm from Detroit. Like, and for the bad rap that we get, people speak on the street when they see you, they acknowledge your presence as a human being. And so, you know, it was like I first got here, I was thinking like, man, everybody's so rude or nobody's like speaking. I saw a lady crying in the, uh, on the orange line. Nobody like offered her a tissue or there was like no old lady with like a starlight mint. It was like none of that. <laughs> one and of those church mints, the strawberry yeah, one. Yeah, oh my god, the strawberry one with the joint, yeah. with, with the junk in the middle. With the, there was with, none of that, and that so it was delicious though. Yeah, and it's like you know very closed off. So like just kind of, how were you able to get through to people who again could be so clicky and um so like standoffish? 
they found me and I think they found me because I'm the person in the background helping the other people. And so people just follow me or stalk me. I don't know. People want to see what I'm doing. So I actually, in, in all my business endeavors, I've never paid for an ad. I've never promoted things. I just put it up on my social media. Um, and I count on the people who, who really value me and value their relationship with me to do the rest of the work. And I feel like because I'm so selfless and because I am such a giving person, I just count on people's kindness to spread the word. Um, and it works. It works for me. You know, I, I had to cut a few people off in 2020, just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, but I think what I'm left with is that close-knit circle that rocks with me. Mm-hmm. And it's a good circle. It's a good circle from people in the political realm to people in media, you know, like everywhere. I mean, in Japan, I have people in London, um, in the West Indies, in Cali, in Hawaii, everywhere. So I never... I never worry about things. I don't promote. I just put it out there and let and let the universe do the rest. And I think if you surround yourself with good people and you're selfless in your deeds and you're selfless in your wanting to do for the community, mm-hmm. it'll happen. Whatever is supposed to happen will happen. Um, so what I will say is that the people who did join very early on, because we do have a waiting list, they also cite the same things you know they may be transplants um and they notice that boston people are not accepting of them especially boston women um you know they have a hard time networking because boston women who are established in whatever field they're established in only operate in their silos and not outside of that so we even have people who are boston natives who will say the same thing they just can't break through you know, and I think that's sad. So let's go over here and build our own thing and keep the doors open for people who want to be part of an accepting and a collaborative community. Mm-hmm. Like I said, tribe is everything. Mm-hmm. And I hope that by starting this chapter in the city, we have that ripple effect. So besides the 50 in the tribe, do you guys have like an overflow? So just because they're not in the 50s, is there an overflow? What can people who want to be in do? Um, we are launching something that will be kind of a virtual component. <clears throat> so if you're not part of any chapter because your chapter is full, and so it's, it's full because one or two people can only manage so many people, right? Yeah. So we'll have a virtual component where you'll be able to get exclusive access to webinars, um, networking, resume reviews, things to help your your career. Um, when, when the world opens back up, um, you'll be able to go to our annual conference um, that'll span about three or four days. So there are things that people who are not members can participate in. It's just a matter of doing it. Uh, you know, a lot of chapters complain about people just sitting in a seat and not mm. actually being social. It's a social club. Be right. social. In my chapter, if I notice that you haven't checked in for three weeks, 
I'm on your front door like, hey, yeah, what's up? Because if you're not going to do anything, there's somebody who's it's suffering crazy. from depression who could use your spot. Yep. You know, so don't don't do that. This is you know, this is a real thing, especially now. People need tribes. Mm-hmm. Women need women. We thrive off of that feminine energy. We need this. So if you're not going to use your space, get out. But yes, there are there are other opportunities for people to to be involved. And if they can't get involved with the chapter, I run concurrently with that through my nonprofit, The Black Project. So I'll also, you know, invite you in and say, we're doing things here. We're doing things here. Join that if you want. And that is a great segue to go into your project baby the black project my baby my baby yeah can you tell us more well to your point the black project was not created for the boston community it was created for everybody nationally internationally wherever you are um so the black project that is an acronym it stands for uh the black literacy and arts collaborative project and um our goal is to support educate and elevate Uh, BIPOC in order to create an equitable starting point between them and their white peers. Um, So what we do is we create tons of bespoke programs, events on varied platforms, especially now. Um, We'll slowly start to introduce hybrid events until it's safe, but right now everything is virtual. Um, We connect community members with mentors that they can relate to, people who look like them, who can relate to them, who have been through the same situations as them, which is very important, not only for understanding, but psychologically. You know, you want to have somebody that looks like you. And that's why I think I'm going on, on a tangent, but a lot of people say, President Obama didn't do much for the black community. I beg to differ. Mm -hmm. Just him being president in general did a ton for the psyche of the black community. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, we also curate, you know, unique experiences. We provide tons of resources and we try our best to invoke activism through a cultural and artistic lens. This is awesome. You know, I always hear people talk about Barack Obama not having done enough for the black community. And I was like, and it's always one of those things where you were like, were you given anything or did you just not miss or did you just miss what you were given? Because having someone at the top office who looks like you, my kids cried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My son was alive to be wanting us to vote for Barack Obama because that was another black man mm-hmm. that he supported. I there is there's something that was born in him from that that I wouldn't even re- be able to say I I I was able to get so I don't know yeah, I, they have been I'll telling be. us for years like oh you can be whatever you want to be and then it's like sure okay and then you know we get a president and it's like oh all right you know whether you know whatever maybe you, we can whatever you yeah maybe we can yeah maybe we can and and I'll be real and say I voted for Barack because of Michelle that mm. woman. That that's my spirit animal. You know, <laughs> Tracy Ellis Ross was my spirit animal, uh, and then Michelle came on the scene. I was like, oh nah, this is it. Listen, this is it. Tracy Ellis Ross is a little too wild. <laughs> a little I too, love her. Too, I love her. And now too, that uh, Michelle doesn't have the restraints of the office on her, mm, ooh, I love yeah. me some Michelle. I but love I, me some Michelle. I appreciate how no, even without the restraint of the office, they're both so restrained Ooh. so restrained because i would have been I was gonna say cool 
No, I would have been just on vacation all day. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, bro, help. It's a fire. From the first year when they were like, so Barack Obama, what oh. you got to say? And Barack Obama's like, I'm going to the beach right now. Yeah, put on some shades. And dip my toes in. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, enjoy America, guys. I'm, yeah. in, I'm in Peru. So, you know, helping youth and creatives through literacy and the arts and in turn, you know, through that, helping their, helping their parents become educated, you know, literacy mm-hmm. rates are abysmal in yeah. a yeah. lot of marginalized populations and areas, and underserved areas. It's, it's ridiculous. And without it, you can't do anything. If you don't know how to read and you don't have somebody standing in the middle to ensure that you're not signing things that you're not supposed to sign, that you're not putting your kids in in danger, really, yep. yeah. right? Um, so Tell people that's... to stop signing off their kids' names on uh, on electric bills and shit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people honestly don't know any better, and it's sad. And so I wanted to do something about it, and I, and I wanted to do it in a unique way. And I think teaching, educating through the arts is is very unique and you know there there are a ton of benefits that come with you know the complex thinking of of art um that that will get you through so and what are the age groups on uh you know that that are served by the black project uh we start at age five and we follow you all the way through 25 um but then we do have you know if you've if you've gone through one of our programs and you've graduated, so to speak, and you're now a professional, we do have um, programs for professional development and things like that. So it's really unlimited. If you start with us young, you'll grow with us until you're, well, I don't know, your 60s, 70s, however long you want to be with us. Um, So there's not really an age limit, but we start at five. Okay. That's good to know. I, because I'm... (laughs) So it's, it's it's funny we should bring this up because I work uh, in the Cambridge Public Schools, um, one of the best, what one of the you know whatever bells and whistles. If they need it, they got it. You mm-hmm. know, Google Chromebooks with the touch, all of this. You know, <laughs> and we still we have students of color, and this whole virtual thing, they're still getting left in the dust mm-hmm. where you know, whether or not we can, you know, point to the parents or just point to the overall structure of everything, you know, like there, there are students in my class, it's, you know, unfortunately it's like the, you know, the, the bottom three are students, are kids of color. And, you know, we're trying to implement some things that would help them. It's a lot of things that are letting them down right now. You know, it's yeah. like whatever, like the economic struggle going on with their parents or, it's just a lot. And like, you know, for me, it's just heartbreaking to be like, I'm a part of like what's failing them right now. And so trying to come up with and brainstorm, come up with ideas that's going to make things work. And then, you know, whatever's going on in the home is letting them down because it's like, Hey, we do need them to come to the sessions. And it's like that I can't control, you know, but when they're there with me, it's only no, it's still only so much I can do, but they need extra help. And so, um, you know, these this, these three or three or four students are, you know, the tip of the iceberg that something like the Black Project could really do a lot to help. So 
Yeah, and and we encourage individual teachers, you know, schools, after school programs, anybody, you know, we're we're always welcome welcoming partners. We're we're always, you know, if you want to implement one of our programs, let's do it. Um, you know, we send out boxes. It's it's very interactive, and I think the piece that schools are missing right now is that interactive piece. I have mm-hmm. a sister in high school. She falls asleep on her classes all the time. It's okay. boring. It's boring, yeah, you know, and I get it. So let's change it. You know, there are things that we can do. And I think uh, not enough school systems think outside of the box in terms of teaching remotely. There are tons of things that you can do. And I feel like governments need to just pony up the resources. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we rely on 75% of our income is from donations, from individual donations, from regular people like you and I, you know, during the pandemic, this dual pandemic that we're facing, mm-hmm. especially because we serve BIPOC populations, we're not getting as much as we could. Right. Then you have people that out of the goodness of their hearts, you know, will cut off their cable just to give us donations. Let's put them to good use. I'm I'm ready to put money into whatever whatever needs money being put into. Yeah. And if that's those four kids in your classroom, let's put it there. So if you want to talk after this, I, I, I got you. For sure. Definitely. Look at us making connections. Well, that was a whole, you know, I, I thought that's what we we're trying to do here. I mean, I thought you guys were friends. We've, and shit. we've been yeah. Facebook friends, but that's just off the strength of knowing you, Mike. My bad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look, if you guys haven't both been drinking together with me, y'all aren't friends. You know, you know how it is. But that's that's true. Speaking of um, teaching the kids, we have our favorite secondary holiday coming up. Black History Month. I want so because I'm a parent now. Oh, I'm not even going to discuss the 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 fluster cluck that was uh, (laughs) trying to talk about MLK Junior Day. Uh, the, over the past week, uh, let's say I, I don't I even want to go talk about it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But I wanted to talk about how are we looking on teaching people about Black History Month now? I because I have a thing that my wife actually was talking to me earlier today. She was like, "We need, we, I want to talk Black History to the kids, and I want them to ingest black history a little better than what the school systems are doing and something a bit more interactive than just saying oh hey this is a program for that oh we're actually launching this program (laughs) hold on um i need to stand up my back hurt um we have a program called arts and activism that we are launching um in february that'll showcase resiliency in the black community and black joy um, and it's basically teaching. Oh, my God. Thank you. It's teaching black history through the arts. And there will be and it's going to be year long because honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 28 days. Really? Really? Not no. even always, a full 30. Not even a yeah, full 30. Yeah. I always said, like, why are we teaching black history when it happened? You know, if a black that guy part. did something in June, then we should talk about the black guy did something in June. Black woman did something August, September, October, November. Let's talk about it then. Like, why are we waiting until yeah. why are we? Yeah. What, what day was it that Crispus Attic Attic's uh, actually did his shit? I want to know that. Yeah. So. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna launch that, and although it's it's for artists, any any walk, you know, any type of art you practice, for sure. Um, be it visual performance, whatever. 
um, it can definitely be repurposed to teach children and get them involved. Um, and we can pair them with a mentor who is participating in the program. Word. So, yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, they're, they're, you know, just reading books and people always focus on, you know, MLK Jr., Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman. Like, we know these things already. Harriet, Cut it out. Uh, Come on. I mean, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, and we, we did the, uh, I was just talking to somebody about this. We did the, uh, in Detroit, we, a couple of years ago for a family reunion, we went to the Black History Museum there, the Charles H. Wright. Beautiful facility, but they had this really immersive kind of um, triangular, triangular trade kind of uh, exhibit where, you know, you walk through like the thing that they made, like uh, uh, the cells that they had in West Africa and you're going through and then they take you on the uh, boat. Yeah. I had to, you know, walk through with my, at the time, seven-year-old. It was just too much. It's like, this isn't, we don't, why, we don't, we don't have to teach children. Like this is for white folks, white folks with no empathy who like need to be like submerged in this kind of stuff to like, you know, feel something. My child doesn't need this much trauma right now. We used to be taught when we were running shit, when we were emperors, kings, queens, when we were running whole dynasties, like that's the black history we need. We also did you, did you guys have those uh posters? Uh the 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 no, was it Miller? I think it was Miller. They had the uh when we were like the, the African Kings posters. No. no. My mom just sent me the whole box of them, like just thick. I'm gonna yeah. share it with you guys later. But listen, yeah. scan those things and start posting them up every day. I have I have them bad boys and I'm super excited about it because um I just need some frames. And in, in February, you know, to launch our arts and activism campaign, we're not forgetting about the kids. So we're giving away pretty much a book a day. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned on our on our all our socials um, and the books that we're giving away showcases black history in a very unique way. Um, we try to pick unique authors. Um, so, you know, it's not it's not just civil rights. Right. Yeah. It encompasses everything black, black culture in general, period. So, I mean, because you have uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates in there somewhere? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I absolutely do. So that's that's the thing. Outside of art, you know, our other focus is literacy. So stay tuned for that. I think art and literacy go hand in hand because I believe, like, when you read a book, it draws the picture in your mind. So... And and sometimes an author writes the way they see this in their mind. So, of course, I believe it goes hand in hand. I was actually talking because me and my wife talk. I'm sorry about that. But we were talking about um, I'm sorry. You know, we talk. She's like my best friend. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. So we were talking and I was like, you know, I I didn't appreciate Baldwin until I became older. Mm -hmm. he literally drew everything out of words and it was too much for me. But now yeah. I'm older and I'm like, I get it now. I see the picture he was drawing and I get it. But I'm Once like, I, I clear my plate, I'm going to go ahead and write another book. Another? Can we talk yeah. about the first oh. one then? No. Or it was a rough or draft. More than one? 
Yeah, I have, a, I have a poetry book, and then I I have fiction. Ah, um, ah. you have some vampire smut. It's not vampire. No, actually, it's about a serial killer. Ooh, can I read this? I love those books. Yes, you can. I don't use my real name because I don't like attention, as you as you know. Yeah, it's uh, true. I hate I hate attention. I hate being in the spotlight. It's gross. I don't like it. Yeah, which uh, is weird now because um, let's not forget you used to actually write and do poetry in public way back in the day way back in the day that's way back in the day wow yeah i'm old now so i'm just saying that was like before i left boston and went back to new york and came back that's that's a long time ago but look how accepting boston is to have you back really nah i beg to differ that's true um, Boston doesn't tell you that they love you. They just <laughs> they just don't say they hate you. Is that it? Okay. I think that's what it is. That's just like how we have quiet racism up here. Yeah, we yeah. have quiet hate. So like yeah. if, if Boston hates you, you won't know until you leave. And they're like, man, I hated that bitch. It's just, I hate that because I am a very collaborative person. I like to get people involved. I like to help people. First and foremost, I mm-hmm. absolutely love helping people. I have a I have a problem saying no. And that's because I want to see black people win. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem saying no to white people. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I really don't. But when it comes to my people, yes, I will do it. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to do it. But then having that be reciprocated, it's like, wait, what? You wouldn't I, even have this. I really, problem. I really have in the past maybe two or three years have decided like, I'm not going to stress what I put out because I'm putting it out for it to be put out and not for it to be returned unto me. Mm-hmm. I'll get it somewhere from somebody else if that's the case. Like at the same time, I'm not looking to be used, but. It's just like if I loan if I loan somebody some money, I don't intend to see it again. You know, so oh. I'm not going to give you more than I intend that I'm fine with parting with. I I mm. agree with that, but here's my thing. Hello and welcome to Movie Phone from the minds that brought you. It's like a podcast or whatever. Hyphen Nation and all other hyphen podcast group productions. We are proud to present We Should Do This Again Sometime with Kat Chinetti and the Mark Rob. There's action, adventure, comedy, and danger. If you like movies, then this is for you. We Should Do This Again Sometime is rated PG-13 for language and some thematic elements. Get your tickets wherever you get your podcast. Goodbye. Because that that is, in essence, how I operate. But let's say I've given you 10 years worth of here. I don't expect anything. I'm probably not going to give you 10, though. I would. I would give a person 10 years of whatever you need. And then I'll say, I need this literal one thing from you. I need, Mike knows where I'm going with this. I need one hour a week or a month or something like that from you and you play me but we're supposed to be legit friends you were at my wedding coming for you i'm coming for you right that's not friendship to me that is a business transaction Mm -hmm. you used me for your business whereas i thought we were friends 
And that, to me, is how I perceive the majority of people in Boston. Yeah. Because that's how they treat me. That's why you just got to have mics, man. That's true. That's why you got to just have Mike Lambs, man. That's, you know, this guy is just, hey, shit. It is what it is. I am a truth seeker. So if you tell me, hey, you know, this is what it is, rather than making bullshit excuses. That's it. I, yep. I don't like the bullshit excuses. Tell me what it is. Just say I don't want to help you. I'll respect that more. Yo, listen, I wish people would just say something like that, but I feel like people don't, they don't want to actually deal with that negative part. And, you know, we, we love dealing with They don't the want to vocalize it. They know exactly that. They know that you know that. They know that you know that they're on some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, we just sit here like we're going to play this game. Like, I don't know. All right. I'm just kind of but like, I'm gonna I'm that person that will call you out albeit privately I'm still gonna call you out for your bullshit mm-hmm. I am and mm-hmm. I I never used to be that way but now as I've grown into my queendom as I like to call it uh, nah fuck that I'm calling you out every time because you're you need to know about yourself the only way to begin the process of growth is to get uncomfortable Yep. And if I'm that person to make you uncomfortable so that you can grow, so be it. And then on the other side of it is you, you got to teach people how to treat you. You know, people As will take whatever they can from you, however they can from you. And a lot of times they don't mind being callous about it. Mm-hmm. And if you tell them that, you know, you teach them off the bat that that shit don't fly here, you'll see a completely different uh, shift in, uh, in behavior and, you know, that'll be that. And you probably won't have that problem going forward. And if you Yeah, do, I just cut cut the people out of my life super like super quick. That I know what it is. Don't don't be under you know, don't don't use the guise of friendship for mm-hmm. business transactions. If you want a business transactions, we can be business associates. It's no skin off my back. It's fine. I I'm all for that. Let's collaborate mm-hmm. on some business stuff. Cool. But you won't be invited to my cookout. That's yeah. it. It's that simple but to that's me. that's the other thing is that people don't like to pay for your time. They like to use oh, no. the again that guise of your friendship. The fact I'm like, yeah, this one. Yeah. I mean, oh hell yeah, you should be. Services service, services be. really surprise people when you when you when they get to hearing those numbers. But then you got to be like, look, if you walked into if you walked into any white corporate office and asked them this, and they told you three times the price I said. You'd be you're like, okay. You're going to just and, accept and, it. And yo, yo, that's uh, a problem. Your jack happy ass will fork it over with a smile on your face. Oh, that's a deal. Thank you, mister. You know, it's like, nah, dude, we gotta I'm I'm really trying to keep my money as as I live out here in uh Whitman, Massachusetts. Mm. Um I'm trying white real man. hard to, white man Massachusetts. I'm really trying hard to make sure that my money goes to black folks. And when I'm, you know, I need something done, even if I'm on TaskRabbit, I'm looking around and I'll say, man, I'm going to pay this black man $50 to do this job uh, out there that uh, a white man will do for $30 just because I want to give it to a brother. I'm sorry. I'm going to do that. Same. So I will I'm do just that. Gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, but I, I run into people who, you know, I've worked with before and they want to refer people because, like I said, I, I never... I never advertise. And let's say this whole company wants a website. I'm like, all right, on my on my website, on my business website, it says all websites start at thirteen hundred dollars. 
you're going to come to me after reading the price point and say, well, I only have 250 250 what? Look at 250 <laughs> <laughs> You're like, $250? Yeah, all right. Take that to the strip club. That's the only thing. Like, yo, I can't do. Like, you know, you filled out the form on my website, which means you, you mm-hmm. read it. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, people don't like the rates, man. People don't like the... the and what's your rates? Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead, step back. I'm going to talk. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because but, you wouldn't do that to anybody else. You wouldn't do that to, wouldn't do else, that no. to a, a white-owned business. So why are you doing that to mm-hmm. me? Yeah, listen, sometimes I got to say it because I've looked into so many different things. Them prices are, they're humbling. They're, when but, you when you're no when you're really trying to step out into doing business business and you mm-hmm. get some real business people like Rochelle and they're like no this is what I do yeah and this is how much it is you're not saying my side but gig. I will give you options though like yeah. Mike you came to me the other day for something and I said all right this is this is what it's gonna cost if you go through me but I think that this is a comparable thing See, you should do this this is but in talking. And in me also trying and failing, I understand why your service is necessary. See, and that's one of the things that people don't really get. It's like when people get shitty ass tattoos and you're like, oh, you I really get what you pay for. You like, got what you paid for. Yeah. You know, um, people don't understand, like in terms of web developing and design and hosting, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not just, oh, it's up and that's it. It's up. It's maintained when things have to be changed, because let's say you're running a seasonal business and things have to be moved. You want it to still look good every season. And things always have to be changed. There's no no business on earth that you can put up one website and it doesn't need to be changed at least twice a year. It doesn't exist. And let's Mm. also say, you know, um, you watch the news for any period of time and you're like, hey, GoDaddy is having some sort of problem. What the fuck does that mean? And you get emails when GoDaddy is like, hey, by the way, we've reverted your webpage back to its initial form. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you go to your site and you're like, what the fuck is this? It's just, a, sites? It's just a gray mm-hmm. page with a with a big guy with a thumb, thumbs up. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And guess what? You never set up your backups, did you? No, you didn't. <laughs> nope. They never set up a backup. Oof. They don't remember their passwords. They're like, what the fuck? They don't know that? how to navigate their FTP. What? Nope, nope. <laughs> so these, but this is why you have the professionals. I know the lingo, but I'm not going to do that work. I'm going to call people. But there's a difference. And, you know, there's a difference between designers, developers, programmers. It's, it's a difference. And people just, you need to pay for the specialty. Mm-hmm. Period. Exactly. You said web, right? All right, cool. I won't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, my is like a Black Planet page. Can oh, my God. I, can I still use my boy who used to do my MySpace? Oh, my God. I, I used to have know. these twinkling letters come down that said my twinkling name. Twinkling letters and diamonds, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's another thing. You need somebody to tell you no. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is not it. I remember my sister came. <laughs> One of my sisters, because I have three, so... They're going to have to figure out which one it is. <laughs> and she was like, can you look at this? I made this website on Wix. Can you look at it? I was like, oh, my stomach, how dare you disrespect me in this way? <laughs> I was like, what? 
boo boo this is not this is not your forte this is obviously outside of your wheelhouse hey, listen uh, wix wix is whizzy wig for people nowadays well, i forgot what used to do that there was an adobe site that used to let you build things like this like wix and it makes it easy for people who don't want to pay talking for the, about makes it easy oh for God. people who don't want to pay for the good shit. but then again we talk about when things go bad and guess what you call Rochelle. You're like, "What's going on?" And Rochelle's like, "Huh, I, I'm already in the middle of this. It'll be up in like 20 minutes." Good. That's what you pay for. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't. You don't call Samson back and be like, "What's going on with my site?" And it's like, "You pay me two hundred dollars." You'll be waiting for like five hours. You're in the queue. You pay me two hundred dollars to set it up. You want me to go back and set it up again? It's another two hundred dollars. There's no two hundred, big fella. <laughs> Two fifty because things have changed, Dang, and a bro. lot of I've I've expanded my offerings because as I've gone through this, I realized people need business strategy and just business coaching because they have no idea what they're doing. They're just putting up a website that's going to eventually fail because you don't have a business strategy. You have no idea what you're doing. Even if it's something as simple as selling T-shirts, you're going to fail. You're going to fail if you don't have a strategy, mm-hmm. period. I didn't know that could happen like that. Oh, speaking of big business strategies that have paid off, one of the ones that uh, you've been involved with, and I remember you said you weren't involved with it from the beginning, but it ended up being on the positive, is Spark FM. Yes. I got to give you credit. You did a lot of good work with that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm actually in the middle of, I just had a call with Danielle before this. I've, I've had a busy Friday. Um, and we're in the middle of collaborating on some really good stuff for the community. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're in talk. I don't want to, I don't want to give it away because it's a, it's a really big deal, but um, yeah, I, I, I love the work that she's doing. I do think that, you know, she's very genuine. That's one person who I think um, does care about people yeah, she does. in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she cares about the community. She's a delight before we even get into work stuff. And, and I love this. And I think people need to adopt this. It's, you know, how's life? How's your family? Catch me up on things mm-hmm. before that needs to be in the book as standard business practice. Because if you can't relate to a person as a human, business is eventually going to fall through mm-hmm. because you need to realize that the person on the other end of whatever business dealing that that you have is a human being with human issues, mm-hmm. you know, and black woman to black woman. I, I really respect that, you know, she goes into things with compassion and care. So big up to her. I will, I will help her any day of the week. And I, and I do. And like I said, I, I don't like to speak about things I'm involved in. So you're going to trying to stop. keep it on the download. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. All right. All right. All right. Fine. Do that. Do that. No more talking. You know, about I probably should. One day I'll come out of my show and people will be like, what? You did this. You did this. You did this. But we got to celebrate you at some point. You know, maybe when you're that's ready. like a trauma. I don't know what it is, but I don't like being in a spotlight. But I need to heal from that because it's beneficial, not to me as as Rochelle a person, but it's beneficial to the Black Project. It's beneficial that mm-hmm. people know who I am to be able to support the work I'm doing. I'm working on. Uh, listen, it's all it's all part of the it's all part of the growth, right? 
Yeah. I don't know why we're growing from this, but um, let's see. What else? Also, I don't know if you guys know about Everyday Boston, but the founder of Everyday Boston, her name is Kara. She is phenomenal. Shout so, out them sisters, man. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. But she's, she's not, though. She's white. Right. But she's for the like people. It. Nah, she's mm-hmm. for the people. I love her. And to be honest, I say I don't like too many white people. I really don't. But it's tough. It's yeah. tough. You can't even be on Twitter. Somebody will do like a, a TikTok and you'd be like, all right, let's check and let's check the background before I, <laughs> before I like this, before I, before I retweet this. It's, oh, not, it's not even that. I don't do that. I think I inherently don't like them. Like, yeah. it's a, I won't even know what you are, but I just don't like you. And it just happens that you're other. I like to say other. You're other, right? But Kara is different, and she's definitely about that life. She's definitely for the people. She does a lot of great work. I'm going to collaborate um, on a project of hers um, in February, too. February is a big month for Boston. There's going to be a ton of stuff going on for Black people in Boston in February. I hope so. Boston has uh, been... I'm telling you. Listen, Boston has been... Boston, especially in uh, from not just 2020, but... 2019 into 2020, Boston just seemed like it was just dribbling away at its blackness and just fading a little bit. Oh, you know, let's tear down the Harriet Tubman house. But <laughs> you know what it is? It's black fatigue. Black you fatigue. know, we're, we're tired. It's black fatigue. So you can't really, you know, you, you have to realize, again, that the people behind all of the things that look out for black people, they're run by black people. Mm-hmm. And we're all tired. There was two months, November and December, for Black Project. I did almost nothing. I was exhausted mm. mentally. I needed time. I needed time. I, I would say that that's, that's the same for a lot of organizations. We are just tired, tired, especially a lot of these things are run by Black women. And that's not spoken on enough. A mm. lot of these major organizations are not Black men. They're black women. The whole leadership team is black women. Think about it. No, oh, I'm not surprised. Boston while black. At all. Boston okay. while black is. Okay. okay. Bam's Fest. Yep. Me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me, AKA the Black Project, Spark FM. All black mm-hmm. women. And we're doing the most. We're tired. We're tired as women. We're tired as black women. We're tired as activists. We're mm. tired as business owners. We're tired. So we needed a minute. We got you, though. We coming back. We got you for February. Listen, we got you. I got you February 14th, okay? <laughs> I'm expe- I better get some flowers now. That you I still seat. owe you cookies from last year. What did you owe me cookies for? Just randomly, I was like, yeah, I can get you cookies. And you're like, all right. And I, I was like... Them. You like, know what? I'm, I'm going to be transparent in this. And and last year, I did so much for the Black community, all while going through IVF, all while having two miscarriages. You have to have some grace for your Black women out here, man. We're doing things, and then things are happening behind the scenes that you don't know anything about. Show some grace. You need to have that sweet corn. I'm running things. I'm playing all day. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's not something that should have to happen, you know? But it's like We've we've seen with Stacey Abrams, you know yes, what I mean. It's another like one, and every like clutch. you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. so, it's just like we can't just keep putting the onus on black women to do 
everything around here. But it, it that's what and, it is. I mean, to me, though, I feel like black women in leadership is such a no brainer. Yep. But at the same time, they should be able to have people that they trust, men and women, because a lot of times when you're the leader of a, of a certain movement or whatever the program is that you're trying to do, not a lot of people get what you're trying to do. So I've done projects where I've explained it to people and they looked at me like I had two heads and mm-hmm. then I had to do everything in the thing. And it was like, oh, that's what you meant. It was like, I know I know I explained my my way of thinking like perfectly. This is mm-hmm. everything I said that we were doing. And so when you have an idea that's like so big that it is literally outside of people's brain box to uh-huh. operate in, it's like you find yourself with all of this work. And so like, yeah, people also have to step up who can get a, get with the program. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for it, though. And I think I can speak for a majority of black women where we just say, all right, then fuck it. Move. Get out the way. I'll do it. Yeah. If you can't get it, move out the way. I'll do it. That's just how we're wired. And we we do try. We do try to delegate. We do try to get people to help. But yeah, my wife and I will sit there and fight about getting a thing done. It's like, I'm going to do it. Get out the way. You already said that you want me to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to handle it. But the and thing so, is, will you do it in the way? You're going to do it the way I'm going to do it. Exactly. I'm going to do it the way I'm going to do it. And it's going to be done. Yeah, it's going to be listen. fine. Oh. It's going to be fine. You have to learn to trust. To trust. Trust, trust is a big and issue. Delicate, listen, and I'm going to take care of it. Really. At the end, everybody, it's done. Let's be it's happy. done. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's, I, I, that's not enough. We we have to be, as Black people in, in general, we cannot just be extraordinary. We to be phenomenal. Hmm. I can't wait to be mediocre and it'd be fine. I can't Good wait. Good luck with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like you, every other you know white guy. You know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had a guy at work and I was just like, man, if I could just be a mediocre white man for one day, dog. For one real. day. And watch you get a bonus that day too. Yeah, oh, They have it course. so easy. Of we have course. to be phenomenal just to be on are yeah, with our white there. peers mm-hmm. yeah. just to be there just to be at the table well 100 percent. i know i said i wasn't gonna well, be that's our much. uplifting message for the night folks yeah we're we just <laughs> uplifted y'all remember to support your black women like strong ass bras and uh <laughs> like over the shoulder boulder holders hell yeah no you remember um, when we wore bras to the breast cancer walk yes yeah. And people were like, what? Like, come on. Did dog, you wear like, legit bras or like yes. bralettes? Yeah. No, bras. Legit no, no, no. bras? No. Legit bras. There were pictures That's of us hilarious. walking yeah, around. Somewhere. In, we, uh, and we, we wore them outside of our shirts so that people can see them, obviously. But. Because, That's you know, hilarious. we're already wearing bras, but if we were like fully topless, there might be a problem. It'd be a little issue. And it was cold out. Oh, God. Yeah, we don't want to do that. It was I October. Just, I just want to say one thing. People. Black Project, B-L-A-C, no K, Mm -hmm, no mm -hmm. K, the Black Literacy and Arts Collaborative, B-L-A-C, no K. Go to our website, theblackprojectnok.com, right? I was going to have you give us your details. I was just, you know, that's the sign off. It's, it's Black Project everywhere. I'm doing it now. You know what I'm saying? I know. You wanted to just just reiterate. (laughs) Yeah. So. You know, we have we have food distribution programs. We have literacy for all programs. We have art programs, mental wellness programs. We have all the programs. Programs. 
<laughs> so go to the website, um, you know, see what you need. We have COVID resources there as well. Um, there should be something for everybody. And if you're not finding what you need, feel free to reach out to us, contact us. Our contact is on the webpage as well. We'll try to help you the best we can. And thank you for taking your time out. Like you've been on God knows how many phone calls before you got onto a call with me yeah. to be on The Soapbox presented by Isla Pal. Hey. Hey. Look at you. Look at you branching out. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really branching out, but it's a little branch. It's a little sticky. Like, Y'all watch Deces and Marrow? Hell yeah. yeah they on Showtime now. Y'all got their book? I got their book. I, I don't have buy. the book yet. Oh. I was about to buy the book. Knowledge Darts? Book. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Is it, is it? That's the name of it? Yeah, it's Knowledge yeah, yeah, Darts. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of darts, have, hey. you, have you uh, heard from Dart Adams in a while? Who, me? Yes. Personally? I don't know. My husband may have because they talk, you know, Dart Adams be on his soapbox heavy. Hard. Exquisite. Yes. Have, you guy. <laughs> have you seen he and the, his interview? I am so fucking proud of Dart. It's hey, if, if you want to see Dart Adams laugh, I actually have footage of it. I made it happen. We made him laugh. We oh, have footage. That's, that's a good The guy. Black Ron Swanson. <laughs> he is, though. Yeah, he's, he's Black Ron Swanson, for real. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I would love to get him on like a webinar or something. Maybe I'll, I'll reach out. I just have to find out like what's good for him because I know I got to give him like a good two hours because he just goes. Yeah, you have to probably. Those are some of the longest episodes of Isla Powell ever where he's just like riffing. Like we did the uh, the one about the uh, black movies and oh, then he God. just like he had a whole had a whole side thing about um, In Too Deep. And how that was like really supposed to be based in Boston. Yep. And hmm. you know, you, you just gotta let them go. Yep. You, let you, them do. Go. you do. That, that, that's still an interesting story that you might learn something. He took the story of what happened in Boston and turned it into a movie. And I was like, this, this shit happens too often then. Yeah. At least it's not a bank robbery this time. I'm reading a book right oh. now that this this white author stole from her college uh, roommates and friends, and they pissed off. But I was there for the tea. I was like, "Ooh, let me get this book. I want all the tea." <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, random things we're watching, have you watched Lupin? I started it yesterday. I fucking love it. It's good. It's, it's who's good. that guy? I don't know who that guy is. I don't know some random tall black guy who's actually gentlemanly he's gonna be the next idris watch i don't see they've always said that um french black actors do not get the love that they deserve and it's just like british black actors like we loved idris before they loved him in the uk and when he blew up over here then they were like because he started in new york right Mm -hmm. he like his career actually got launched when he was in new york Yeah. yeah And then they were like, oh, yeah, aren't you from out here? And he was like, y'all didn't fucking love me when I was doing theater over there. Fuck y'all. Yeah, my boy has a song with them. Well, (laughs) my my boys have a song with him, I should say. With Idris? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, novelist. uh, My my man, Jerry. What song? I need to hear this. Um, uh, Hey, I just binged all of Luther. It's Clear Soul Forces. If you just put in Clear Soul Forces um, and then Idris Elba, it should come up. YouTube. Oh, I was like Gotham song. something, right? Yep. Gotham featuring Idris Gotham, Elba. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, I knew that off the top of my head. Oh, oh shit, look at that. Out. So, uh... Yeah, so... they got joints, man. Well, no, Clear Soul Voices definitely does, but also, that means I am less than five people away from having met Idris Elba. There you go. I need to meet him, because I got questions. Ooh, what do you want to ask? He might listen. I want to ask him about Luther. I don't know, I got questions. Oh, the, sh- the show? Is it good for me to go and watch it? It's good, so... I hadn't watched it at all. And, you know, I feel like I finished all of TV. But the way I watch TV (laughs) is a bit odd. No, because I watch TV while I work. I need the background noise. And then Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll like, look up or rewind something that seems good as I hear it. So, Luther, funny enough, I sat down and watched the whole thing. And anybody who knows me knows that for me to stop working to watch TV, oh, that's, that's the thing. So mm-hmm. I actually stopped working to watch TV and, you know, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get my PhD. So I was like, you know, I, I think this might be that, that girl, I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it, but there's a character on there that I was just so fascinated with um, because I'm going to, you know, get my thesis in psychology. I mean, get my uh, doctorate in psychology. And I was like, I'm fascinated with this character. So yes, in in short, watch the whole thing. I binged it in about a week. Oh, yeah, all five seasons in a week. Wow. Yeah, I took notes. I don't binge like that. I don't know. I like I might do three at a time at the most. I have to hit like a. I have to have nothing else like nagging at me I to get Richardson in a night. Yeah. Wow, uh, listen, I caught up to. Star Trek. Not that I'm saying I like it, though. I got a lot to say about Bridgerton, but... We caught up to Star Trek Discovery over Christmas break. I've been meaning to watch Discovery. You haven't watched it yet. I tried to. So I say it's good, but it's good in, like, they basically went Mission Impossible and in Star Trek, because the shit that they go through, it's like, it's episodic, but some of the ways it builds up, you're like, how the fuck did we get to this point? (laughs) How I mean, we'll never get another black captain slapping Q. Man, I, I that's tried my to watch guy dog. I love Ben Cisco dog. I don't know when does that show start to get good because I watched the first few episodes. And I just couldn't get into it of Discovery. Yeah, uh, halfway through season one. That's why I didn't make it halfway. But it's only mm-hmm. like thirteen episodes per season. So I think I got yeah. through episode three, and I was like, I'm all set. So at in season one, basically, the captain dies. She feels it's her fault. She nearly gets dishonorably discharged because she tries to throw a mutiny. And uh, that's when things start to go really left, really left. But also, they really gave a show to a black woman, a, a Star Trek show. I was going to say that's iconic movie. right there. And they have several... Um, non-conforming relationships in the show like you know it was the well the thing for star trek was like all right man like i get it y'all got like the first interracial kiss great um y'all got all these aliens great it ain't but like two black folks out here though you know what i mean and mm -hmm. so like they started you know to fix that as the things went on and i was like all right now we got some black captains all right all right come on now come on with it because you know we're supposed to be like this is like star trek is supposed to like really be post-racial like they're beyond yeah. money 
So like we're not, that, you know what I mean? Like, they are beyond money. They don't ever talk about money. money. They, they don't like, ever talk about how expensive shit is. Bitcoin. No. <laughs> yeah, they don't like. They're just like, hey, all right, guys, can we all cut the shit and just say that money is a number in a computer and <sighs> just you know do that whatever part. we need to do? You know, can we just get to that part where we just admit that it's that, and then we can just you know go ahead and. Build giant fucking starships. The notion of money, though. Whoever introduced the notion of currency, I want to slap them. Oh Some, God! Somebody who was trying to buy the favor of a, a of a woman. <laughs> that is that for true? I'm pretty sure, 100. percent That you know, ooh, lady like shiny rocks. Lady, show me attention, and then you know a bunch of other ones. Shit, I gotta give me some shiny rocks. <laughs> That's how that was built. Men, men would, men would, <laughs> men, men would sleep in a, men would sleep in a cardboard box if they could still have women. <laughs> the things men have done for women to get women's attention are just, we have tales and tales on it. Didn't Don Quixote go after a woman and like, uh, yeah, part of his tale was, yeah. You know, I feel like women don't require so much. I think men get it oh, mixed up. Like oh, my husband course. used to buy me so much stuff. Even to this day, he just keeps buying me gifts. And I'm like, bruh, I don't need gifts. Wash the dishes. It's good enough for me. <laughs> I don't need it. Like, I, I don't need, need it. Just wash I really dishes. don't. I'm not a gift person. He complains that, you know, he got me this beautiful. I mean, my wedding ring is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not that person. Like you Wait. met me as is. You're not wearing the ring, are you? I'm not wearing any jewelry. Mm. Yeah, no, shout, out, shout out to De Beers for telling us how much diamonds cost. I would have never been able to figure that out. I did, it won, and that was another fight. Um, you know, him wanting to get me diamonds. I wanted an opal. Ooh. I'm very, very simple. And who won this battle? I won. It's my ring, right? I got an opal. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Um, but I you know, I'm not the type of person who goes out and like puts on makeup all the time because my skin is flawless. I wish they could see this. Um, but <laughs> smoother than a Barbie doll. Uh, it really oh, is. Shit. I thank God for giving me the best skin. Um, but yeah, I don't. You know, I just put on clothes and walk out the house. I'm not. I'm not. I don't do all that. I don't wear jewelry like that. I don't. Um, so I have to remember to put it on. I don't want to. I don't want to vex him. He'd be like, they going to think I'm out here with some, some what, what's it called? I don't know. Some harlot. Oh, some harlot. Some, some, <laughs> some harlot. They're not going to think you my wife. They're going to think I'm cheating on my wife because you don't got your ring on. Yeah. Your network is uh, telling you never say those words again. <laughs> Thank you again, Ro, for being on. Thank you, Eric, for coming on. I know you wanted to talk to Rochelle, but show. Thank you for being on. Eric, where can the people find you? Oh, uh, you know, your boy is at uh, at ILA underscore POW on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram, I'm actually trying to push the podcast. And Twitter, I'm just getting these jokes off, baby. You know me. <laughs> I ain't never serious about nothing until I'm serious about something. Either way, you ain't never going to know till it's too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See there, I was, that was a joke. You know, you, but that's what I'm saying. I practice what I preach. Uh, also um uh it's like a podcast or whatever on facebook it's you know you can find some stuff and the brand new rassle cast power hour me and my man hyphen 
the hyphen we on there talking pro wrestling. We're just marks. We don't think we know everything. We're not, you know, we don't think we're the news and we don't know enough about pro wrestling to say that we know a, a lot about pro wrestling. I'm Black Project everywhere at B L A C Project everywhere. Instagram, everywhere. Facebook, all Twitter. the things. All the things, LinkedIn, everywhere. Where you are, I am as well. Are you still on Parlor? What the hell? I don't even know what that is. So when people are talking about that, that's like canceled. You don't know who's on Parlor, brother. (laughs) (laughs) That is. So when people are like, oh, I'm glad it's gone. I'm like, listen, I never even knew what it was. So I guess I'm straight because I never knew. I had an invite. I'm upset, brother. I, I logged in and... That shit is wild. So you know how any... Well, actually, let me close out. Also, uh, me, I'm Michael, Uncensored Mike on Twitters. That is the best place to find me. I respond. Don't come at me sideways. I am about to come at Mm. you all the ways. All the ways. I'll see you. I'll see you. Welcome to the Block Dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, thank you, everybody, for, for listening to The Soapbox. This is a hyphen podcast production.